Hello, everybody. It's Father David Nix. I'm not sure if this uh, live thing's going to go very well since um, I am parked in a place I get m might get moved and my phone might overheat and um, there's some noise outside. But today I'm going to talk about the three days of darkness, the warning, the chastisement, visitation, and authoritarianism. I know it's a big hodgepodge of things, but uh, I didn't have time to do a TCE today, and somehow people still like this hodgepodge of uh, events. You know, happy visitation to everybody on the uh, old calendar, and happy whatever it is on the new calendar. Uh, actually, the, the lady I'm going to talk about today has been speaking at non-Latin mass parishes about the three days of darkness and the warning and stuff, so that intro isn't to rip on the non-Latin mass folks out there. Uh, it is the visitation in the old calendar, and uh, as you know, I usually drink tea, but since it's a feast day, we still have to stay vegetarian, but I did get a fufu coffee uh, from Dutch Brothers right here. And so there's a few topics uh, to talk about on all of this. You know, as things are really wacky in the world, most priests get up to the pulpit and they get online and they have two messages, trust Jesus and spend a lot of time with Jesus in the Eucharist. And that is actually the very best answer. You might have thought I was going to rip on that. Those are the very two best things that I could tell you. Um, trust Jesus and spend a lot of time with Jesus in the Eucharist. But people want to know what to pray for on top of that. And I think that's where we priests have to go a little bit deeper than just those that, that, than that message that we always say to people. Um, people. Some people want to know what do we pray for, you know? People look around at the world, and yeah, that's Catholicism 101, but we've heard 20 years of sermons of Catholicism 101. Some people want to go to Catholicism 201 or 301. So if this all gets too complex and apocalyptic for you, just don't listen to my stuff. Just go listen to the Catholic 101 stuff. Um, but some people want to know what the mystics have been saying. So this doesn't come from me. I just try to conglomerate what people say. Okay, so let's talk about the message of Garabandal and the three days of darkness. Let me just say at the very beginning, I don't know what I think about it, Okay. I used to be like 90% sure of Garabandal, and now I'm down to 50%. That's still higher than a lot of Catholics. I don't think I'm ripping on the message of Garabandal. Uh, I have my beeswax candles. I was all ready for the three days of darkness about a year or two ago, and then it didn't happen. And I'm like, maybe it's not going to happen, you know? So let me say at the start, uh, I, this isn't really a push for you to believe in the three days of darkness or not. Not really a push for the warning. I just want to show something really interesting. Now, there were some saints that really believed in this. Blessed Maria Taiji, I think in the 19th century. Um, I think Padre Pio talked about this. Obviously, if Garamandal is authentic, there is this. So what are the three days of darkness? Well, some of the mystics say things are going to get so bad in the world, both the church and the state, just globally. Some people say things are going to get so bad that there is going to be, I have to look at my notes for this one, a tribulation when the church would appear to be on the point of perishing, a warning, or in Garabandal, it was in Spanish, so it was aviso, aviso is how they would say in Spanish, which is a sign alone with their conscience right before God. And then the miracle, which was supposed to be a permanent column of smoke or sunlight at the Pines. The Pines is a place in North Spain until the end of time that will convert Russia and other countries. And the chastisement, the three days of darkness and destruction if lives are not changed. I always get those order, the order of those things mixed up. So you can put in the comments if I got the order mixed up. But I used to be really into this. Now, there's a lady who I really believe has had an authentic conversion, and she wrote a book on the warning and on the three days of darkness, and she's going around talking to non-Catholic parishes. I did get her book on Kindle, um, and I didn't have a chance to look it up before I uh, got online, so I'm sorry. I do think she had a, a genuine conversion, but 
my friend sent me something and it looks really interesting what he sent as far as just a, a quick screenshot of, of this book on the warning that she wrote. And I want to read this. This was, uh, um, I think Conchita to Albert Weber, author of Garabandal. The, the, she said, uh, when, oh, this is the answer. When communism comes again, everything, the warning will happen. What do you mean by comes again? I assume this is with Mary, the mother of God, if this is an authentic apparition. When communism comes again, everything, the warning will happen. What do you mean by comes again? Answer, yes, when it newly comes again. Question, does that mean that communism will go away before that? I don't know. Okay, this wasn't Mary. This is, this is one of the visionaries. I don't know. The Blessed Virgin simply said, when communism comes again. And then Mari Loli on 1982, it will look like the communists have taken over the whole world and it will be very hard to practice the religion for priests to say mass or for people to open the doors of the churches. That's pretty interesting because this gal who conglomerated all of this stuff on the warning, she wrote this uh, before all of the scamdemic lockdowns last year. I think she wrote this book three or four years ago. So this line again, that the Blessed Virgin simply said, when communism comes again, and Mari Loli said in 1982, it will look like the communists have taken over the whole world and it will be very hard to practice the religion for priests to say mass or for people to open the doors of the churches. Now, some of you are probably listening to this saying, well, you know, uh, that sounds a little bit scary, but we're post-pandemic. We, uh, we made it out of this. People aren't, you know, if you're in Texas or Florida listening to this, people don't have their masks. Uh, some people have, have bucked the system on the jab. But here's the thing is that's not everywhere. I want to read you what the chief medical officer in Canada, Dr. Robert Strang, he responded to a question about injunctions against human gatherings together. And he said, listen to this. This is a direct quote. You can find this on Twitter. But I think the other purpose of the injunction is to, uh, is to uh, prevent, uh, you know, groups that are spreading, uh, deliberately spreading uh, false information that can actually create risk. The information itself, if I listen to creates risk to the public as well. And that certainly is a need to manage that misinformation campaign as well, end quote. So he just admitted it right there. He admitted Canada is not allowing gatherings, not because of medical fear, but because of fear of um, free speech. It's speech content fear is what he was promoting right there. He said it right there. So that seems to me to point to um, the fact we're not done with this again. Look at somebody like um, Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson has a very different Overton window than someone like Infowars. And he just had a video up the other day talking about how the next thing is going to be climate change lockdowns. So, guys, we're not done with all of this liberal totalitarianism on the health front. Um Again, if you live in Texas or something, it might be very easy to think we're, that we're done with this, but they're not going to let this go. We all hear about the new variant. We all hear about the lockdowns that might come for climate change and stuff. And so realize that there might be something really true about communism entering the world before everything gets better. And I agree with Taylor Marshall. You know, he said we just have to pray for that Red Sea moment, because if you look at the current situation in the church and the state and globally, it does seem that communism has taken over everywhere. And so let's talk about solutions. I know I'm just going to repeat the solutions I've given before, but this is what everybody wants to know. I think the main part of this video is just the connection between the warning and that link, that line from Canada, that the health, the chief medical officer of Canada said they're going to keep lockdowns to stop false information. That's, 
That's just pure liberal totalitarianism right there. So what do we do to stave this off? Well, a lot of these answers I've already given before, but it's worth repeating. Um, one of the main things is stick with your conscience, whether whether you draw the line on the masks or the jab or whatever else. You know, I asked my neighbor why he got the latter of those two, and he said, just to make them leave us alone. Read a book on communism and realize the bad guys will never be appeased if they want to kill you. I've been listening to Jocko Willock podcasts, and as I look at like the Holomodor in the Ukraine, as I look at the Armenian genocide that the Turks did, one of the things is if they want to kill you, appeasement is never going to work. So what's the last thing a Christian martyr has? It's his conscience. So appeasement is never going to get them to leave you alone. So if they're going to – the bad guys are going to come for the good guys anyway – you might as well keep your conscience because that's the only thing that people who survive liberal totalitarian governments have at the end of the day. So draw that line and draw it really firmly. Again, Taylor Marshall said we need that Red Sea moment. That's the only way I see out of this. As I look at the news in the Vatican, as I look at the news in in, uh, Canada, I really think our only way out is just divine intervention. So pray the rosary. Everyone always says that, but that that really is the answer. Another thing you've heard me talk about before is modesty. July, it's pretty interesting that July is the hottest, one of the hottest months. People wear immodest clothes, and it is the month of the most precious blood. And the most precious blood is our strongest weapon against sins of impurity and against diabolical activity. I've told this story before. When I was down in uh, St. Augustine, Florida, I went at the uh, cathedral, and there was this homeless white rapping guy who was outside. And I said to him, hey, if, if Fatima is true, why did Mary warn against immodesty and not abortion? And this guy had an answer in rhyme, and it went like this. Immodesty leads, leads to pornography. Pornography leads to birth control, and birth control leads to abortion. And it just blew my mind. Not that I really doubted that Fatima was a true message. It just didn't make sense to me why with everything that would be coming in the 21st century, why Mary in the 20th century at Fatima would just warn about immodesty. So it's interesting. As I was thinking about this, driving over for my coffee here, as I told you before, I only do well with mnemonics. So MPB is Most Precious Blood. happens to be the Catholic grade school I went to here in Denver. MPB, the month of July, Most Precious Blood, MPB. And then I thought about what that uh, Florida guy rapped about and modesty or immodesty. M, P, porn, B, birth control. So um, he taught that immodesty leads to porn, leads to birth control, and that leads to abortion. So there we have MPB being staved off by the MPB. The most precious blood is the answer to immodesty, birth control, and pornography, and ultimately all of those lead to abortion. So as I've said before, you can't really be like some uh, pro-life celebrity wearing immodest clothes because you're leading people to porn and you are leading people to then use birth control and and birth control is abortion. So, you know, this is a uh, a package deal, and this is where we men – Really, really got to work on custody of the eyes uh, just when we're out and about this summer. I know it's a battle for, for all of us men at, at all times. Okay, last thing I just want to say is about Mary. And as all of you know, Mary did say that if Russia was not consecrated by a pope and all the bishops, the errors of Russia would spread. I just read you from Canada right there that they now have basically permanent lockdowns because of they don't want the spread of false information. That's liberal totalitarianism. That's that's really obvious right there. And so I can't help but think, wow, if we had just had a pope consecrate Russia the right way with all the bishops, all of this would have stopped or at least been greatly tamponated in all of its madness. So I do believe whether the three days of darkness is true or not, 
we do have that thing about the warning um, that, that we wouldn't really have any relief from this until communism filled the whole globe. And if that is true, what was said in 1982, this really connects back to Mary's warnings that unless a pope consecrates Russia, the heirs of Russia, which, as I've said before, that's not bad vodka and olive colored hats and concrete buildings. The heirs of Russia is man controlling man instead of God controlling man. Not that God wants to control us. He wants us to surrender in love. But for lack of a better term, communism is man controlling man and Christianity is God controlling man. And this is why Mary warns us so severely about this. So my encouragement to you all is pray for a pope who will consecrate Russia, exclusively Russia, especially Russia and only Russia to the immaculate heart of Mary. And then maybe we stand a chance in all of this. Until then, um, watch the eyes, be modest, pray your rosary, stay in sanctifying grace, and hold tight to your conscience because at the end of the day, it might be the only thing you got left. God bless y'all.